Hey geeks, it's Jana and Ashley. Thanks for joining us this episode of the Geek Girls Universe podcast, your place for the latest geek and fandom news. Hey friends, welcome back to the Weekly Bugle. It's almost time to say goodbye to the dumpster fire that is 2020. (laughs) And it seems fitting that our 10th Bugle is also a year-end review of all the geeky things that happened in the past year. I won't lie, I had to go back and search for what came out before March 2020 for this because I don't know about you, but it's really hard to remember what life was like before all of this that's going on, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Like, literally, I was like, what? I know I saw something in the theater. What was it? (laughs) Seriously. I was like, was there a theater before? Like, what was it? And I, back in the day, <laughs> when I was doing some of my Pixar soul content this past week, I had a seriously hard time trying to think of like what what previous Pixar movies there were in the last couple of years. I was like, I know I saw something. Like, I forgot Onward came out this year. Yes, I thought it came did. out last year. Did too. <laughs> because, because I feel like. 2020 started when March hit and like that's all we remember of it yes so anything before March I'm like ah it didn't exist (laughs) so yeah um well that was that was my last film in the theaters was onward and I mean we saw it at Disney because you and I were actually together for that really like and that's I think five days before like everything (laughs) hit the fan I feel like yeah. And that was the last time we were together in real life. That is true. Which is amazing that it was a Disney related thing, but also extremely sad that that was the last time we <laughs> were together IRL. Yeah. Because we had plans to be together at least like, what, two or three more times in 2020? And that was just like in the spring of 2020. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, we had plans. plans beyond yeah. that. <laughs> we did. And so, yeah, so we saw Onward together at, at the Disney Creators event. And mm-hmm. before that, I saw The Call of the Wild and Sonic, which again, I was like, oh, Sonic came out in 2020. I really thought it was 2019. So. <laughs> oh my goodness. I saw both of those, but I think I actually saw digital screeners for both of those because I was traveling. I don't think oh. I saw either of them in a theater. But now I really can't remember because that was so long ago. It, I mean, it really was. And like, I miss going to the theater, but I still don't feel comfortable going to a theater. No, not so, at all. I mean, yeah, like I know you did too. Like we screened tons of movies at home when they started doing the at-home releases. But yeah, no, last in the movie theater, like sitting in the seats, looking at a giant screen, it was definitely onward. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh, onward in February. That was seems so long ago. But yeah, so because nothing opened in theaters really this year, as I was looking at the list, trying to figure out what it was I saw, I noticed that the highest grossing film of 2020 is Bad Boys for Life. And I laughed because really in what other year would that be the top of the charts? I mean, maybe top five. But definitely not number one. Dead. So I, was like, I was like, oh, 2020 was a sad year. <laughs> Look at this list. It's so bad. Wow. 
Well, and in general, it was a really light movie year because so many companies pushed the release of their film a few months initially, I think in hopes that things would open back up. And then when they realized things weren't opening back up, they then started pushing them as digital releases. Right. And so that eliminated a lot of films for that whole like spring summer release. And then all of them went digital. And so here we are still just all of a sudden everything's a home release and not, you know, a few little things have gone to theaters, but not anything significant. Right. And it'll be interesting like to see the awards show season, like the award season this year. Because by default, if you're only going off of what was in the theater, there's not much to choose from. No, not so, at all. Hopefully those old fools, you know, reevaluate <laughs> their... Uh, I mean, otherwise, Bad Boys for Life is going to win everything. <laughs> and I'm Sonic will win, like, Best Animated Film or something. Which it was... Ah. I loved it. But it's not the Best Animated Film of the Year. For so, sure not. I mean, like, look at this this list. I'm going to read it to you. So, Bad Boys for Life was number one. Like, okay. But the domestic gross was, hold on, math is hard, 206, what, million? Like, that's nothing. That's nothing for a normal year. Um, Sonic was second. Birds of Prey was third. Doolittle was fourth. The Invisible Man, I didn't even see that, was five. Um, it was actually really good. I watched it. I saw it back when it first came out. Mm-hmm. And then I actually watched it again last night with my son. We were looking for something to watch. And he was interested in that, you know, because it's a horror flick or whatever, thriller. And right. um, we watched it again last night. And I actually really liked it. But I think it's one of those, that, like, it's not for everybody, right? Like, it's... Yeah. Have to be into I think that. I vaguely remember seeing commercials for it. But I didn't actually see it. I saw Doolittle, but not till it was on home release. And then, like, Call of the Wild and Onward are next. And I, like I said, I saw both of those. I felt like Onward would have made more, but Onward came out really right as everything started to yes. shut down. It's just, it makes me laugh because I'm like, there's no Marvel on this. There's no Star Wars on this. Which Seriously. there wasn't going to be a Star Wars film anyway, but still. No, but no- there was Marvel. There should have been and, Marvel. And Disney's highest ranking is six for Call of the Wild. Like, come Stop on. <laughs> so... If that doesn't sum up 2020, seriously. Wow. But we did get some movies. They might not have been in the theaters, but we definitely got something to enjoy. Uh, Again, I don't really remember release dates at this point, but I know when Hamilton came out, I was hyped. Um, That was in July because it was like my birthday present. Okay. Hey. It was that Friday. Awesome. Yeah. That was that was like my my happy. I was so excited about that one. Oh god. I've watched it so many times. Uh, my, same. Nephews, my nephews will like run around singing it and they'll sing in appropriate <laughs> parts and my sister will be like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, nothing. It's historical, it's educational or something. Mm-hmm. Something, something. Yeah. <laughs> I saw now I saw this as obviously as a screener at home, but Love and Monsters, which I probably was originally maybe slated for a Halloween release. I'm not sure, but it was super fun. It's it's a PG-13. It's not super scary, 
it's kind of quirky, like horror, but not it gruesome. Was. I really liked it. My family I all liked too. it. And actually, I had the Blu-ray sitting here the other night, and my mom was like, oh, can I borrow that? She was like, I really wanted to see that. And my sister did too. So they borrowed my Blu-ray the other night so they could watch it. And then my sister was all like, I really liked that movie. And apparently she and her um, boyfriend both really like Dylan O'Brien. So they have like a thing for him apparently. And he's he's in Teen Wolf, I guess. Yeah. Which I don't watch, but my nephew is obsessed with um, werewolves. And so sometimes Mm -hmm. they'll watch Teen Wolf with him. And so- yeah, apparently he's like a thing in their house. And so they were very excited to see Love and Monsters. But I really liked it. Same. I thought it was fun. I thought it was, you know, is it going to win all the awards? No, probably not. But it was a fun movie. I thought it was well done. I love Michael Rooker. Mm-hmm. Um, he was had, um, Ariana Greenblatt. Yes. The little girl from uh, yeah. Stuck in the Middle, which my kids love. I just I thought it was a really cute movie. It was done well. I thought the concept was fun. And they and have it open for another, and I would totally watch another one in the theater. Yeah. Like yes. it was it was fun. And like I said, I don't I'm not into like over the top gruesome like horror no. stuff anyway. It's so it kind of reminded me of Shaun of the Dead, although Shaun of the Dead is definitely R. Uh <laughs> But I love that one. So that's like my, like, if it's like this, I'm okay. It also kind of reminds me, have you watched Two Weeks to Live yet on HBO Max? No, I haven't. Okay, well, you need to. Okay. So that, it's a six, it's really, it's one season, it's six episodes. They're like 24 minutes long. It's super short. It stars Maisie Williams, Arya Stark. And it is kind of like that same humor of Love and Monsters of Shaun of the Dead where it's serious, but there's just like this quirky humor in it too. Mm. And it's hysterical. Like my husband and I were cracking up, you know, like she gets stabbed with a knife, like in her back and she turns around and she's like, dude, like that's so rude. And I'm like, I'm dead. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. It's like that kind of stuff where like the characters definitely like break with the, the menacing, you know, like aura it's just it's hysterical so definitely watch that and jan and i actually are going to be interviewing one of the guys that worked on love and monsters yes very excited about that Mm -hmm. stephen boyle he worked on he was the head of creatures i think for love and monsters yes and he worked on the werewolf effects for what we do in the shadows the film which another great one if you haven't seen it and he worked on attack of the clones and of course, a bunch of other stuff. So if you have any questions for him, get them to us before next week. <laughs> yeah. 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 That'll be exciting. I think he'll be fun to talk to. What else did you like really love in 2020? Movie um, Spontaneous. That was another one I really liked. Okay. I didn't see that one yet. It was fun. So it has Catherine Langford and she's, she's really cute. I think she's a really talented actress with a lot of depth it's a little i'll call it gruesome in that there's a lot of blood basically there's some kind of a virus that makes these kids spontaneously implode like they just pop from the inside okay Um, yeah i've heard of that one all right and you know so that like from that aspect of it it's kind of gory i guess because it's a lot of blood but it's very it kind of almost reminds me of like E.T. where like they come in and they, you know, they want to 
contain him and, you know, study him to see like what, what he's made of and like why, why he's here and, you know, learn all about him. And they do the same thing with these kids. They try to contain them so they can learn about what's happening with their, you know, is a virus or whatever that makes them implode. Cause it seems to only be affecting like this one group of like teens, but I thought it was really well done. And it was a, I thought it was a really good movie. My kids all liked it too. It's, you know, it's dark and it's, mm-hmm. like I said, it's, it's gory in that it's a lot of blood, but it's not murderous gory, if that makes sense. Yeah, I got so. it. <laughs> and you watch Broken Hearts Gallery, too. I did. I loved yeah. that movie. I, I thought it was her. She's so like one of my favorite people. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> She's so fun. She's on Miracle Workers on USA Network. Um, she's hysterical. And I love seeing Philippa Sue, like, try not to sing. <laughs> she's doing the karaoke <laughs> scene. <laughs> I was yeah. like, but she couldn't hide it. Like, you can't hide. And you're a singer. I'm a singer. It really is hard to act like you can't sing. Because, like, your brain is, like, muscle memory. It's like, nope, nope. It's Get on true. key. Get on key right now. (laughs) You know what? I really like him too because I watch Stranger Things. So seeing him in something else was kind of, was kind of fun. Yeah. But yeah, that was like a good, just kind of feel good. Lots of laughs. Kind of thing. Yeah. It was, it was good. I loved it. I I love the friend. I don't remember her name in the film, but the one that's like really feisty. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, well, if she pushes you off the top of the building, like, there are no witnesses <laughs> or something <laughs> like that. And I was like, yes. <laughs> I'm that kind of friend, by the way. I will be the one that's like, I will end you <laughs> if you hey, mess with my friend. <laughs> <laughs> and there will be no witnesses. <laughs> yes. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I'm trying to think. Like, again, it's like 2020 is such a blur. Well, Soul. Soul just came out. Yes. And... I love that. I love the music of it. It was just beautiful too. Like, good lord! Like the animation was just gorgeous. It was. I I really I loved the music. Mm-hmm. I wrote a whole post about just the music. I know you did. I'm going to link to that in this uh, in our post. So be look for that because she went way more in depth than I did. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to let her have it. <laughs> let her go with it. <laughs> No, I just, I, for me, like, it's it's almost always about the music, both, like, for whether it's a TV show. I'm constantly shazamming things, being like, oh, I love this song. It just spoke to me, like, in that moment kind of thing. I have, like, playlists full of, like, random songs from shows. <laughs> um, I do, too. <laughs> I, it's just something It's always been something that I look for and I really appreciate about. And I think that's one of the reasons that I love musicals in general, right? Like, it, you, you go to a show and a show itself is good, but a show with music that helps tell the story is just what takes you away to like that other world. Right. And so like when you're watching TV or a show and when they've picked a piece of music that kind of makes you feel the same way, that to me is just, it speaks volumes. And so when you're watching a movie and somebody's composed a piece of music that, you know, makes you feel a certain way, it just mm, takes you to another place. It's, you know, it's part of the reason that you watch a movie, right? To like go somewhere else kind of. And so the music plays a huge part in that. And I just, I thought Soul really hit 
the nail on the head, no pun intended, because it's, you know, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross that do the underlying <laughs> Oh, come on. I had to be intended. That pun was actually, It really wasn't. I said that. And I was like, <laughs> but yeah, I thought they were phenomenal. And, and John Batiste is a phenomenal jazz musician. So just between the three of them, like they uh, rocked it. Oh, for sure. So, I I personally, uh, really the only bit I got into about the music was that I felt like, uh, in general, it kind of reminded me of like classic animation where the music is what's telling the story because there's not as much dialogue. Yes. And I love that personally because like, again, music theater nerd, music nerd in general. I love when you have to listen and like feel what's happening Mm -hmm. through the rhythms versus like someone just going, this is what's happening in this scene. It just makes the whole package. 100%. Loved it. Yep. So yeah. Anyway, yeah, Soul was fantastic. I don't know. There, was a, there were a lot of things, I guess. Like, so Crude's New Age came out. That was a fun, like, campy whatever movie. Freaky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't see Freaky yet. I okay. So then I won't. No spoilers. It, okay. I think it's hysterical. It's sort of a murder Halloween thriller type take on like a Freaky Friday movie where like there's a body swapping thing, but it's a body swap between like a high schooler and a murderer. And so it's the whole find the killer to, you know, stop him, which is really her in the movie. So it's, you know, it's a challenge. Um, But the whole town is looking for him, who's actually her in the movie. So it's, you know, it's a lot of just like campy fun, but then there's like the, you know, murder aspect to it. My entire family was glued to the screen. They loved it. Super funny. I think Vince Vaughn is hysterical. It had lots of physical comedy. Yeah, I just thought we thought it was really well done and laughed and laughed. Uh, I've seen it twice now. I would totally watch it again. And I actually liked it so much. There's a scene where she wakes up after they've done the body swap and she actually comes out. It's when she's first the, the murderer, the killer. And she has these like, which is the irony, right? Because like, so she's a murderer and she wakes up in these like little Dotsoned pajamas in her house in her like frilly girly room. And then she comes out and she's like holding a knife. And I, I had to have those pajamas. So I found them online. I'm dead. <laughs> I was all like, I'm not surprised though. Not I'm like, surprised. Halloween costume for next year? I was like, yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Dead. Now, I want to see a promising young woman. Is that considered a 2020 release? I feel like it is. I don't know. Like, I probably. No, I feel because I know somebody that saw it. So I feel like it's out. Oh, it probably is then, yeah. That one looks good where she kind of like turns the tables on on guys with, you know, who do bad things and she gets some revenge. I'm all about it. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. It might be a 2020. I don't know. I think it is. I'm trying to think of what else. There was, um, well, there's always Wonder Woman 84, which. Oh, I mean. One of my nerdy. um, I thought we were talking about the movies we enjoyed this year. Oh, I thought we were just talking about all 2020 releases. Okay. I mean, <laughs> we can, there is we one woman before. Haven't seen it. Probably won't see it for like two years. 
popping up in my HBO Max yesterday, and I was like, "Go away!" One of my friends, who's like super nerdy guy, texted me, and he was like, "Hey, have you seen this yet?" And I was like, "Do you know me at all?" That's all. Right. I back. We are not friends, clearly. <laughs> I was like, seriously. I was like, "You're only allowed to text me about Marvel and Star Wars." I was like, "Bye, girl." <laughs> so I. <laughs> It's not good. I mean, it's not. It's I'm just, it's not. It's subpar. And I'm not surprised. Again, it's DC. And they just dropped the ball. Like, my husband loves their TV shows and hates the movies. He's like, whoever does the TV shows should be in charge of the movies. And maybe that's the problem. Maybe they need to get, like, we have Faggy who oversees everything. Like, maybe they just need to find their Kevin Faggy, whoever that may be. So we also had some really good holiday movies, though, that came out this year because we had yes. Jingle Jangle and The Happiest yes. Season, which I I loved Jingle Jangle. Oh, and we had the Chronicles, Chronicles, Chronicles 2. Chronicles 2, which I super also loved. Um, uh, yeah, seeing Goldie and Kurt together just like made my uh, heart oh happy. My I it love was- them. Yes, I agree. They were so good. And The Happiest Season, like, while I didn't think it was, like, the best movie ever, I thought it was a really good, I'll call it an attempt, although I think it was better than an attempt, but it was a really good attempt at putting together a movie that showed representation. And maybe one of the best movies that includes representation in a while. Like, I mean, you have Schitt's Creek, obviously, which is, like, phenomenal. Uh, and yes. happiest season in ter- you know just in terms of a movie that really shows representation i thought that was really good mm-hmm. you have like you know love simon and stuff like that but there's just so many out there that miss the mark completely like <clears throat> prom so i've heard that i everybody i saw raving about it was straight and then the the um the reviews i saw that were not so fabulous were of people that you know are in the LGBTQ plus community. So, and I feel like if they weren't happy with it and it was supposed to be representative of them or at least somewhat, then there's a problem with it, you know? I wanted it to be better. And don't get me wrong. So like when I saw the previews, I was like, oh, this looks like a fun movie. And like, you know, I'm all for like a little flamboyancy and, you know, give me a good drag show. I just felt like it took representation and being able to be who you are back two decades. Really? <laughs> just didn't in 2020, it felt like we shouldn't have to and I don't want to spoil the movie for anybody who hasn't seen it, but like it created situations where basically people were making an alternate situation so they could be who they were versus being able to be free to be who they were in like real life. And I will say Uh, at the very end, the mother who was not supportive of her gay daughter realized sort of the error of her way and came to her at the end and was like, I'm sorry, I want to do better. Like, I want to support you. Let's do this kind of thing. So like to that end, I thought it was, that was a great message, but there was just a whole bunch of stuff in the middle that I was like, what are you doing? Like it didn't, I don't know. It was, I was like, stop it. Like we don't make fake things to 
you know, keep a gay person happy because they couldn't go do the thing because the school wouldn't let them because, you know, girls don't go to proms together. And so it was just, ugh. I was like, yeah, like, no, we, this is not what we're doing in 2020. So. Yeah, that's, and you know, that's why I love Shits Creek so much because when they showed David and Patrick's relationship, there was never any of that. Like, no one was like, oh, why are they together? Like, everybody just was like, that's great. Like, when you see a heterosexual couple together, like, there was no, like, pause to be like, that's weird. Yeah. So. And I guess you the know, movie uh, takes place kind of, like, in the Midwest. And so it's definitely in an, like, area of the country that maybe isn't as accepting as certain other areas of the country. But the fact mm-hmm. that I just felt like they could have done a much better job at trying to make it more about how to be you regardless versus, Mm -hmm. oh, we're creating these alternate situations so you can kind of be you in a place that doesn't allow you to be you, if that makes sense. And it just, no, it it makes sense. It felt very like 1950s instead of 2020. And I was like, what is happening here? (sighs) And I, I'll say for happiest season, I am not a case do fan at all yeah. I just she just has one facial expression she really does and when I and when I saw her in it when I saw that she was going to be in it and that Dan Levy was going to be in it I wanted to see it for him yes obviously oh yeah I, no I adore him adore him I saw it and I was like really why why is she in this but I I watched it and I didn't hate her like I thought I was going to. She has like two facial expressions now. Maybe maybe even three. I'm not sure. Maybe three. three. She's not awful in the movie at all. She actually does a good job. He still is the highlight of my like him and Aubrey Plaza are like the highlights Um, of the movie for me because I adore them both. Yes. They were so Uh, good. So good. But he he basically was playing David. Yes. He was very David so in this movie. So I was like, oh, this is what it would be like if David lived in the city and was like super successful yep. <laughs> like, instead of living in this little podunk town in the yeah. middle of nowhere. I it love like it. David free Shits Creek. <laughs> yes, that's that's a great way to describe it's it. Kind of I what I it. It's what I envisioned him like when he was living in the city before they lost all their money and had to go to it's great. Oh my god, the the fish scene when he's like, Dead. Um, I wanted to buy one. So, Where would somebody buy one? He's like, uh, oh, never mind. I'm just gonna Google it. <laughs> Dad, it was so it was it was just so funny, and there was lots of humor like that. Um, yeah, no, I don't love Kristen Stewart either. I never have. No, I, I don't think I, I like. I don't hate her like I do Natalie Portman, but. I don't love. I was wondering if Natalie would get a mention in this podcast today. I mean, how could it not, right? You're welcome for that. No, but I just I you're welcome, Mike. <laughs> but I didn't dislike her as much as I normally do in this movie. I I actually, you know, I don't want to be all like, oh, I'm going to give Kristen Stewart props, but I didn't <laughs> dislike her. You're like, it's normal. painful, but I liked it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, I was like, she wasn't that bad. oh gosh so speaking of shows i mean schitt's creek's not a 2020 show but we love it but 2020 was like the year of shows i think 
at least the Mandalorian, which is probably the one that like yeah. captured us the most. It captured me the most this year. Yeah. So yeah. Hands down. Uh, we got so much this season. We got Baby Yoda has a name, but he's still Baby Yoda. Um, we had awesome cameos, some killer shots and action and like it made it okay it made 2020 not so bad (laughs) it did it did i was trying to think of like what else it was like so i know i saw some chatter online with like uh you know like sitcom type stuff and sitcoms that are based in our time a lot of them tackled the whole covid quarantine all this stuff and some people were like great i like it they like made it fun you know lighten the mood and then others were kind of really mad like they did because they watched tv to escape reality so i personally didn't have a problem with it because i think it would have felt weird if they didn't address it because they are supposed to take place during like normal like it's not like it's a period piece or something so yeah no i i don't know it, it doesn't bother me. One other show that I discovered this year that came out like right before the pandemic that I think maybe a lot of people don't even know. On NBC online, I didn't watch it real time, but I think it aired real time, um, was Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. I've heard of that one. It's I wanted to watch it because of the music. <sighs> yes. Oh my goodness. It's so, <laughs> so good. And it's got it's got an amazing cast. So it's got, so the girl that plays the lead is Jane Levy, but the guy is Skylar Aston from Pitch Perfect. Oh, yes. Forking yes. love him. He's so good. Lauren Graham is in it. And, you know, I'm indifferent with her, but she can actually sing a little bit, which I did not know. Oh, and it's got Alex Newell. Yeah, he played Unique on Glee. And he plays... I think his character's name is Mo, maybe. I don't know. He's super funny. But he's talented as all get out. Nice. But the voice cast is amazing and the story is good. And if you like music, it's totally a... Yeah, that's why I was interested in it. That got me through the whole first part of the pandemic. So that's when it was the toughest, I think, right at the beginning. (sighs) Yes. Like, now we've all settled into a rhythm. At least I hope so. Uh, was Hellstrom 2020? Because I mean, that's when I watched it. Yes, Hellstrom was 2020. Uh, obviously, loved that one. We did like a whole, well, not a whole episode, but we did, <laughs> we did discuss Hellstrom on another bugle. We did. Uh, I'll link to that because that show is phenomenal. We also want to know if you think we're horrible people, but you'll have to listen to that episode <laughs> to figure out why we want to know. That's right. You. <laughs> we're not going to tell you. You have to listen. Queen's Gambit. I haven't watched that, but it's been recommended. So good. So, and let's see, what else? I'm two thirds of the way through the Stand remake. Is it based on, our, um, I was going to say R.L. Stein, Stephen King's book? Yes. And it's a remake of okay. one from like, whatever, the, the 80s or something. It was done once <laughs> yeah. before. Right. But there's only two episodes out so far. The third one's not been released yet. Okay. I read the book, which is like, I read the unabridged book, which is massive. And it's a massive tome. I've only watched a couple of the episodes, but Big Sky on ABC. Oh. And I have not watched Bridgerton oh. yet, but I keep hearing and seeing all sorts of yes. stuff. Yes. 
You know what about that show? I just binged was Tiny Pretty Things on Netflix. Uh huh. I I'm obsessed and terrified and appalled all at the same time. Oh boy! So that's a lot of emotions. It was okay. So I took classical ballet for a lot of years, so I can appreciate like the intensity that the dancers deal with. At the same time. It's like for sure a little extra drama because, you know, whatever, it's TV. But it also felt like I was watching softcore porn. I was like, what is happening here? Oh, so it's like HBO late night. Okay. Basically, I was like, <laughs> what, what is happening? It's basically, it's a dance school in Chicago and they're all, you know, it's a boarding school for dancers trying to get into basically the, I assume they're working with the Chicago Ballet, though I, don't recall specifically if they say that or it's, you know, a, a faux but theater company. And, you know, they travel and go to other places to like learn. Like they had spent the summer in Paris right before the show starts. And uh, basically a girl ends up in the hospital because she got pushed or fell, whatever, they don't really know, off a roof. And so the whole first season is basically trying to figure out what happened to this girl. And then she does finally wake up and she is able to tell people what happened, but there's just all this weird like secrecy and people sleeping with people that shouldn't be sleeping with people. And, but it, it's like, it's just crazy. And I was like, but I started it because I was like, Oh, murder mystery kind of thing surrounded by dance school. I was like, Oh, that sounds kind of interesting. And then I started watching it and I was like, what am I? Watching? <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of wanted to be like, oh, this is this is too much. But then it was like watching a train wreck and not being able to stop. But like a well organized train wreck, if that makes sense. It was it's it was intense. Yeah. But now I'm like, oh my gosh, I need season two already. <laughs> so I'm dead. That's how like it's funny that Netflix is like going that route with their shows. I mean, I guess they do The Witcher and stuff, but. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just you know that to me reminds me of like like Bridgerton like the obsession with Bridgerton it reminds me of the Tudors I haven't seen it yet but from what I have seen gifts little clips people like getting real thirsty online uh-huh. and I'm not talking about wanting water exactly exactly uh, it reminds me of the Tudors which I loved but it definitely was like one of those it's like okay and it's funny because Sorts of things are going on on that screen. Some of the people right. I see talking about it are, and and talking like that thirst talk, are people who don't normally talk about that kind of stuff. Like they're a little more reserved. So I'm like, yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. I have seen some things. I'm like, oh, okay. You're just putting all your business out there yeah, with that thirst. All right then. A couple of other shows (laughs) that I thought were highlights of 2020. So Ratchet, the one that's kind of about like Nurse Ratchet on Netflix. Yeah. Um, That was really good. Totally messed up, but really good. Uh, (laughs) It's got Sarah Paulson as the lead. She plays Nurse Ratchet. It's based on the nurse in the Shining novel. Yeah. It's like a prequel. There is a TV series on HBO Max called Love Life with Anna Kendrick. And like, I love her. Every episode, it's basically about like her love, her love life and how it sucks, kind of thing. But every episode is about 
a different guy that she had a relationship with and how it like went awry kind of thing. It's kind of cute. It's light. It's not, you know, <laughs> it's refreshing. Like it's just light and goofy. Um, right. And then Little Fires Everywhere on Hulu. That was so good with Reese Witherspoon and Carrie Washington based on a book. See, I spent most of my 2020 watching shows that have probably have been out and about for a long time. Oh, it's like, I'm binging old shows. Yeah, I watched a lot of new stuff. Lock and Key on Netflix. That was another one we watched. That one looked interesting. It it was interesting. It was a little weird, but like, yeah, it was good. The Stranger, that was messed up and crazy all at the same time. Another one. I see a trend with you. Yes. <laughs> I go for like this weird, dark, dark and twisty. Yep. I'm definitely into dark and twisty. I mean, it was me that recommended Hellstrom, right? <laughs> it was. And I adored Hellstrom. <laughs> so The Stranger has Hannah. Oh, God. What's her name? She played Ghost. Hannah John came in. Yes, thank you. Hannah John came in. We interviewed her, so yes, shame on you. you. did. I know. I just couldn't think of that. I was like, crap, what's her name? Um, I hit you with the, the Game of Thrones shame bell. Shame. Yes, yes. Shame. So it's a British show, but it's on Netflix, and it's a like a mini series. It's got eight episodes, and it's based on a novel. It's It was really good. It's got Richard Armitage and um, Saiban Finneran as well, and they're both, they've been in a lot of other like British related things. And uh, actually Richard Armitage was in Hannibal, but it was good. It, you just, have to- it gets, yeah, it gets a little messed up. You're like, what? <laughs> so random tangent. I like, re- I'm really drawn to British shows or Scottish Irish shows. And mm-hmm. I love that they like kind of get in, tell the story and get out. Like yeah. American TV, we drag stuff out for like 20 seasons. They're like, eh, one series, maybe two, six episodes each series, and we're done. Well, And it's like, oh, great. <laughs> yeah. Like, so The Stranger, like, I really wanted more, but I was like, I don't think there's going to be more. I think I think that eight is it. Like, it's... Right. I think that's it, and it's done. And I was like, oh, but I, I want that's more. How I feel about Good Omens. They were only going to yeah. do one uh, run because that's the book, and there is no other book. But I'm like, but can't you just, like, make something... Up, I mean, it was co-authored, and the one author has passed away, but the other one's still alive. So can't can't you just make a show? I really like it. Right, I just want David Tennant. <laughs> yes, oh, I love him as a demon, mm-hmm. and Michael Sheen as an angel. Yes. Like, there's so, oh, so such good. a good like. I'm gonna have to go back and binge that one again soon because I adore it. Yeah, it was good. But yeah. I mean, but 2021, okay, 2021. And we, neither one of us think it's going to be like you wake up on New Year's morning and it's everything's fixed. Mm, but no. <laughs> at least it is shaping up to be the year of Marvel. We had nothing really this whole year Mm-mm. except some teasers and some trailers. But 2021, we're getting WandaVision. Woo! We're getting Loki. We're, down we're getting the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We're team. getting Black Widow. <laughs> Yeah, we're getting all the things. I'm so excited. I cannot wait. WandaVision is next month. We're down to like just just over two weeks. Yes, I'm like, I can't wait. And they so they released a new uh, 
I don't uh, probably they called it a teaser or something or extended look. I don't know what it was. They did it on Christmas Day. So a lot of people I don't think were paying all that much attention and there wasn't a ton of new stuff, but there's this quick shot of Monica Rambeau wearing the sword emblem as a necklace. Ooh. And I was like, yes, because it's kind of been rumored by some set photos, but not super confirmed that sword is the military presence we see outside of that whatever energy bubble. And yeah, she's part of sword. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. Can't wait. So good. Uh, 2021, like again, so while we don't think, you know, like you said, we're not going to wake up on New Year's Day and be like, well, great new year. It is going to be a great year for television. Yes. That much. Yes. It will be a great year for TV shows. Yes. And aside from all the Marvel stuff, we're going to get the Book of Boba Fett. Yes. Mandalorian season three. Ahsoka. Ahsoka. Is that 2021? I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I just I get so excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> I don't know for sure. It's such a long year. Yeah. I don't know for sure if it's 2021. I, I can pretend it's 2021. It might. Be- you just got really excited and wanted to say it. You're just like it's yes, okay. I know. I was like it's so <laughs> Oh my gosh. I I'm here for it. Oh, and it's like we're finally gonna get into phase four of Marvel. Mm-hmm. Finally. And WandaVision is such a big one. Like, I know it's quirky and some people are still trying to figure out what the heck oh is going God. on. Cannot wait. Cannot. But it's so pivotal to the multiverse stuff that's happening in Loki and Doctor Strange and Spider-Man 3. So. All of it. Oh, I just can't wait. I can't wait for the seeds it's going to lay for the future of the Phase 4 and beyond. Oh, I'm just so excited. So much nerdy goodness. So so much i guess that's it for 2020 yeah i think so unless you know spider-man 3 wants to make any more announcements between now and what i mean we have Thursday. three days so it's, <laughs> it's been pretty quiet from their camp i'm like are you guys okay yeah, we haven't had any rumors lately <laughs> we think that's on how many will be between now and when we get this up at the end of the week <laughs> yes I mean, probably, I feel like at least one more before the year I ends. I agree. At least. It's <laughs> like it wouldn't be a week in 2020 without a casting announcement from Spider-Man 3. Exactly. exactly. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you all for supporting and sharing your love of, of fandoms with us. I mean, all fandoms, really. Yes. We cannot wait to see what amazing things are coming in 2021 with all of the Marvel offerings, Star Wars, and more. As always, if you see anything you want to share with us, tag us on Twitter at Whiskey and Sunshine and that Ashley Aaron. And if you have show ideas, like if you have a topic you want us to cover or, you know, whether it's a TV show or a movie or a fandom, also tweet us and let us know. Happy New Year. For sure. Happy New Year's. Thanks for listening. Join us next time for more geeky goodness.